Hey everyone, welcome to Danny Chats. This is episode number 22 and today I'm joined by Linda. Linda is from Canada and she uh, could possibly be one of the oldest surviving liver, um, Wilson's disease patients around. So um, we're going to have a little chat uh, and you know I want to find out about Linda's story. Hi Linda, how are you? Hi, fine. How are you, Danny? Thank you for asking me. That's okay. I'm very good, thank you. So uh, how old are you, Linda? Oh, I'm 72. Sorry to jump straight in with that question. <laughs> well, I'm really pleased to be 72. I never thought I'd make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look very, very good for 72. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, and how old are you, Danny? How uh, old are you? I'm 35 now. Okay, so half of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 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 how did your, your Wilson's disease journey start? Oh, well, it started before we even knew that it was Wilson's, like with other patients. I think the first evidence was um, what they diagnosed as um, hepatitis. When I was in university, I suddenly blew up. I was retaining water. I turned yellow. Uh, my eyeballs were yellow. Um, and they didn't know anything about Wilson's at that time. So yeah. I was hospitalized. And then... With rest, I recuperated and I was able to go back to school. Uh, and I was living in Chicago at the time when I had what was supposed to be hepatitis. Uh, then I married my husband in Alberta and that was in 1972. And the first year that I was there, I started to develop tremors. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because I was doing ceramics in a very small studio in a northern town in Alberta. And I was very lucky because my, um, my ceramics teacher noticed the tremor. And she said, this is not normal for someone your age. I would get it checked. And so started my journey. I went from, east, from West Coast in Vancouver to Alberta to Ontario to Montreal, trying to find out what this, this tremor was caused by and it took about a year and a half before I was hospitalized in London, Ontario. And my husband was working on a, um, on a degree, a master's degree in library science there. And luckily I met a woman doctor who looked at me and she said, this is not normal. And she said, I'm going to hospitalize you and we're going to get to the bottom of this. And the tremors, of course, were getting worse, and I was having trouble walking and speaking. And it's very similar to everyone else's story who was in their early 20s. And <clears throat> I was in the hospital for two weeks, and they were ready to send me home and just say, well, it's culture shock. You know, you move from, from Chicago to Alberta to Ontario, you've been moving around a lot, you know. But they said, we want to do one final thing before we send you home, and we want to look at your eyes. Hi. And so they sent me to the ophthalmologist, and they found the copper rings. Yeah. And in those days, things were more simple. There was no genetic testing. There was no delay. They diagnosed me right on the spot and started me on the medication. And so that was really very dramatic. It was very, very dramatic. Yeah. Um, it was famous. This is in 1972. No, so I would say 1974. They hadn't found many patients with Wilson's disease. And I was the top of the town. 
So I, I can yeah. imagine. Um, it was really exciting. I was a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did they did they say why they finally sort of thought about checking for it? Was there any like for me? Um, somebody turned up at the hospital that was there for their mm -hmm. yearly check for Wilson's disease, and the doctors clicked, and because they had tested me for everything apart from Wilson's really? disease. Really? Yeah. Oh. So I mean, why did they decide to look at your eyes? Uh, well, like I say, somebody came to my hospital, they said to my parents, um, you've, your son's probably got two or three days left to live and we, if we can't find out what it is, then, um, you know, we, there's nothing we can do. And luckily, somebody came to that hospital for their yearly checkup. And while the doctors were talking to them, they, they, you know, it clicked in their head that I hadn't been tested for Wilson's. So they, they tested me and I was diagnosed and I got sent straight to London. Oh, and how old were you at the time? Uh, I was 14. Oh, so it was very early. Yeah, oh, very early. Oh, boy. It's very dramatic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so it's great that they, they found it. And what, what medication did they put you on then? Well, they put me, all they had in those days was um, the bowel and, um, and cupramine, or the, the penicillin. It's yeah. called cupramine here. And, you know, Danny had been on that for 40, 47 years. And it served me well. And I've met doctors who have said, don't go off it. You know, I, have, I don't know if I've had side effects, but um, you know, if they are side effects of penicillin, we wouldn't know. No. You know, because at my age, you don't know. I mean, <laughs> you can have anything. <laughs> so I just keep trudging along. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I say, you're looking incredibly healthy and you're doing well. Thank so. you very much. Thank and, you for working hard. You mentioned you're still very active. Well, my husband makes me exercise with him one hour every day. Oh, really? <laughs> and if I don't exercise, I never hear the end of it, so I do it. <laughs> yeah, it's good for you, and, though, obviously. Yeah, it is, it is, but I hate exercising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He used to swim before COVID, so he would go for an hour and swim every day. We have a pool in our building, oh, and nice. now he doesn't go into the pool, so... We do our aerobics and our, I lift weights, Danny, I lift a, a pound weight. That's good. <laughs> one, one pound weight. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I hope to have another 20 years. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think you will. Definitely. Yeah. So how did you, after you were diagnosed and everything, what happened then when you were on the medication? Okay, so I started the medication and the doctors were so wonderful. They were just I was so lucky to be in Canada because I had grown up in Chicago in the US and we never would have been able to afford the hospitalization and the diagnosis and the treatment if I had been in the US. Yeah. So, you know, um, so immigrating was a good thing. Uh, so they provided me with some. Uh, actually, I had the medication was covered by Med Blue Cross. We had a, uh, insurance. My husband got that through, I don't know where he got it from, but he was looking after all that. And the doctor said, you should be okay within a year, you should be back to normal. And the prediction was right. I you know, followed the, the regime and um, it was amazing. I started working again and I went back to school and I got my education degree. And then I couldn't find a job teaching in those days, there were too many teachers. So I went into computers and I did hot hotline and uh, quality control. And I worked in, in computers for 13 years. Yeah. And I didn't, I stopped thinking about Wilson's disease. And I didn't want it to define me. I didn't want, you know, I kind of 
hid it more than anything because I found that people, I don't know if people in England want to listen to your story, but Canadians don't want to listen to a long story. And you know, with Wilson's disease, it's a long story. <laughs> so I just never really told many people about it. And even if I did tell someone about it, they couldn't believe it, you know, like what? you know, copper, what is copper? And, you know, this is nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've never heard of it. So, I mean, you know, and so I went for almost 30 years and then I went into teaching and I started teaching English as a second language for 25 years. And um, I didn't think about it. I went in for my, for my prescription every year. I wasn't followed up with um, ultrasounds for 30 years. Wow. And then finally what happened was uh, they took some, the cupamine or the penicillin off the market. They changed the label uh -huh. and I wasn't able to get it. <clears throat> so I panicked, I freaked out and I told my GP who was giving me the prescription every year. I finally realized that it was the gastro, you know, it was, it was a liver disease in my mind. It was always neurological, but I wasn't thinking about it <laughs> very much. And I finally, so when I couldn't get the medication, I said to my GP, I want a follow-up. I said, I want, you know, I want a complete workup. And they sent me to a wonderful gastro and she did a workup and she found out that my spleen, I had a splenic aneurysm <laughs> and I needed to have my spleen removed. She said, you've got to have your spleen removed. And I said, well, why, what happens if I don't? And she said, well, you're not going to live. So they took my spleen out and, and then I started being followed every six months with the ultrasounds and, you know, the, uh, the everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now I have Wilson's disease and I'm asplenic and let's see what else do I have. I had, I got septic from my kidneys I, <laughs> and everything, but now everything seems to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding it all together. I'm really better without the spleen, Danny, because when I have the spleen, I used to get terrible colds. I used to, my body would overreact to everything. And when my spleen, when they took my spleen out, that was in 2013, I got healthier. Yeah. So um, who can explain what yeah. is happening? Yeah. I, I remember um, from having the ultrasound scan, uh, scans myself, like my mm -hmm. spleen and my liver were enlarged. Um, oh, really? So like they were, you know, kind of they're hidden behind the ribs generally. But right. Mine were poking out below the ribs. Oh. Um, so they told me sort of as a child once they found this to avoid contact sports and stuff like that in case I got because oh, yeah. you could oh. get a ruptured spleen. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. But your spleen is okay. You you, yeah. you still have it. Yeah, I still have it. And funnily enough, right. it would be interesting to know that now if because I've got the new liver, whether the spleen's gone back to a normal size. That's not something mm. I've thought about. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Have you had any problems with the um, medicine? I, you know, the rejection of the... Yeah. No, the no, I've been very, very lucky. Very great. lucky. Great. Well, yeah. yes, do you find people, you know, are interested in your long story or well, do they just... Funnily enough, it kind of ties back into what we were talking about before this podcast when you said... Um, you know, how long have I been talking about Wilson's disease? And I said, I mm. hadn't really talked about it up until now. Mm. Um, and I think there's kind of the same, same reasons as you really is, you know, one, you don't want it to define you as a person. Mm -hmm. uh, two, it's a really long story. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. you kind of just don't talk about it so much. Mm -hmm. but, um, 
Yeah, I found that obviously, but doing this and talking to people, I kind of, I kind of wish I had this resource uh, when I was younger to see all the different people that have got Wilson's to see how they're doing. Because I mean, obviously when you're diagnosed, you don't know what the future holds, do you? Right, that's right. Yeah. And you're always expecting, you know, things to not work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially early days after you've just come out of hospital, you know, and you've been but very ill. I'm 72, I think I'm going to outlive everyone. <laughs> I already have, you know, I have cousins who've already died before me at younger ages. So I tend to think, you know, um, I've done pretty well. Was it something that they mentioned to you? Sorry, was it something that they mentioned to you when you were at the hospital, like a life expectancy? Because like you said, they didn't really know much about it. I suppose they might have just given you the meds and said, No, they go. were wonderful. There was a doc, I was, um, amazingly enough, they sent me to Sick Children's Hospital in Toronto, yeah. where there was a doctor, he was Hungarian, or he was from uh, one of the Eastern Bloc countries. And he said, if you stay away from the alcohol, and he said, if you, you know, if you eat, you know, properly, yeah, and you take your medication, you should live a long life. Yeah. And so I took him seriously. I never drank. You know, I, I followed the diet and was able, thank God, to because of Canada and the way they, I mean, I, I should write a book called Canada Loves Me yeah. because <laughs> Canada has saved my life so many times. Oh. You know, we haven't had to pay for it. And uh, his prediction, I took it as, um, you know, the gospel and it turned out to be uh, a valid prediction. So here I am, 72, I've lived longer than many of my peers and hoping to go for another 20 years. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's really good. You mentioned that when you went into hospital, you had quite bad tremors. Did that yeah. settle down once you were on the medication? It did. Yeah, it took about a year yeah. to two years for the tremors to settle down. Yeah. And of course, that was a source of embarrassment. I really hated, you know, having people see me shake yeah. like that. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, that was really one of the worst parts. I think that's yeah. a, a side effect that I'm, I've developed slightly since my uh, transplant is tremors. Uh, oh, why? Why do yeah. you think I think it's part of the medication side effect, maybe. But mm -hmm. um, luckily, it's not too bad. And, you know, I kind of laugh and joke about it at the moment because, like I said, it's not well, too bad. Uh, but trying to. Does it, affect, does it affect your ability to do your job? I, not I really. If you're using a screw gun or something and you're trying to get the mm -hmm. end in, sometimes you wiggle mm -hmm. about a bit and it takes a little longer yeah. to get it in. But it's uh -huh. a laugh. Or like if you're putting sugar in a tea. Uh, you've got to have mm -hmm. the cup very close because otherwise by the time you get it to the cup you spilt half of it but so have you spoken to your doctor about um the tremors and if he thinks it's part of the anti-rejection pills yeah i think it is yeah okay yeah and like i said it's, it's not too bad it comes and goes so mm -hmm. so it's... maybe it's stress related if there's a lot of pressure at work you know the tremor comes uh well no because i noticed it when i was just building home uh, stuff at home and things you know when you're putting your mm -hmm. furniture together and stuff but it, like i said yeah. it's not it's not anything too bad to worry about good okay do you have good care like good follow-up there or? yeah very very good i've been under um the same hospital in london since i got diagnosed and i've been going there for yearly checks and then they were the ones that were like right now's the time you need your transplant uh, and I really can't fault them at all. Not not from start to finish. They've been amazing. King's College Hospital. Oh, that's amazing. It's wonderful to see you looking so healthy. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So when you um, 
well, got all your medication and your life was continuing. What about holidays and things? Is that something you oh, still did? Oh, we used to travel all over. You know, as I said, we were in Europe uh, seven or eight times in the 80s. Yeah. There was a time when it was cheaper to travel in Europe than North America. So we took advantage of it. And, um, you know, we've been traveling a lot ever since. Both my husband and I are retired. And um, <laughs> what was COVID, of course, everything has stopped. And um, I'm waiting for my vaccination, and maybe then we'll start traveling again, but probably just in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Are you traveling? Uh, well, the U.K. is still in, like, a, a lockdown at the moment, so we're not uh, even okay. really allowed to leave the country. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I am making, I'm literally uh, talking to my friend who lives in Panama, so I'm going to go mm -hmm. there. I'm going to book it for February um, next year. Are you sure that's a good idea with a, with a liver transplant? Yeah, we'll be all right. Oh, well, my doctor said don't go, you know, don't go south. You can get hepatitis. Don't, you know, don't go to any of those climates where they have, um, you know, a lot of things we're not used to up in the north. Why don't you come to Canada instead? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to Canada afterwards. Okay. But, um, the yeah. only thing, the only thing that would have stopped me from going south would have been if I needed the the yellow fever vaccine because mm -hmm. as a transplant patient, you're not allowed uh, a live Ooh. vaccine. Okay. But but uh, Panama's not that far south, so. Well, make, <laughs> make sure you buy a Panama hat. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so obviously at the time you were with your husband when this yeah. was mm -hmm. all, how did he mm -hmm. take it all? Oh, he was fantastic. I mean, you know, really, I have to say a lot of, I was in the hospital with some, oh, was I in some ward where there, there were women with some multiple sclerosis and, you know, other neurological diseases and the husbands couldn't handle it. They just... Mm -hmm. You know, they bolted, they, they just uh, abandoned their wives. But my husband was with me every step of the way, and he still is. We're going to be married 49 years on Thursday <laughs> of this week. 49 years, so, that's amazing. Yeah, I should have him come over and say hello. Paul, come on over and say hello. Here is the hero of my life. Okay, oh, now he's making a face because he doesn't want to. Hello. Hello, how are you? Very good, how are you? Very good, thanks. Yeah. Congra this congratulations you. on your 49 years. Oh, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> and well done for keeping Linda um, nimble and exercised. Yeah. Uh, okay, he's really good at exercise. He loves his exercise. <laughs> yeah, so there, yeah. So no, he was wonderful. Yeah. To, to yeah. go back to um, before you were diagnosed, like speaking mm. to trans uh, liver, oh, I keep saying liver transplant. I've been doing too many interviews with transplant mm. patients. To talk to um, other Wilson's disease patients, I noticed things like nosebleeds and cramps were oh. very common um, okay, early well, on. I had nosebleeds. Um, I had nosebleeds actually the thirty years yeah. after I got um, after I got treated and, and went back to work. I noticed lots of nosebleeds and bruises. And I think that was because of my spleen. Yeah. Because once they took my spleen out, no nosebleeds, no bruises. I mean, somebody ought to recommend removing every Wilson's patient's spleen. <laughs> because, you know, it was really overreacting to everything. Yeah. And, uh, 
Um, yeah, and when I was little, I remember being very uncoordinated, you know, terrible sports, still am, and um, also very emotional. I was very, very emotional <clears throat> child. I, I would get upset, you know, by oh, everything. Uh, and I guess that was part of it too, you know. Yeah. And there was a little bit of depression that came before I was treated with the penicillin. And uh, yeah, like everyone, like other patients have. Yeah. yeah. And did you find that any of your friendships changed uh, around the time that you were? Well, because I left the US for Canada and it became a problem of making new friends for both of us. So uh, I have to tell you the truth. Um, it's hard to make friends in Canada. You know, most of our friends are from the U.S. or other countries. Yeah. Uh, Canadians, are, they have a hard time letting you in. But, uh, you know, I do have a good friend now who's Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So what's the best thing about Canada then, do you think? The healthcare system. Yeah, see, I would say that about England. Yeah, and, I, mean, I look at the, you know, I read the posts and how people are struggling to get their medication yeah. and how much it costs in the U.S. Yeah. If I had been there, I wouldn't be here today, you know, yeah. if I had stayed in the U.S. So, yeah, we're, we're both very, very lucky. Yeah, I believe that every day. And Canadians, I mean, we have a wonderful government and they've done so much for people during COVID and... Um, you know, I'm just happy to be here. Actually, Danny, my mother was Canadian. She was born in Montreal, and right. she married my father, who was um, a U.S. citizen. And when she left Canada, she had 12 brothers and sisters, and she couldn't wait to get out. She thought she was marrying a rich man in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't turn out that way, but anyways. So she had, she had her children and her life in the U.S. and I kind of reversed the migration. So um, yeah, uh, worked out well for me. My mother was angry that I left the U.S. But I told her over and over again, if I had been in the U.S. you know, with no medical care and, and support, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's, been a ride. <laughs> Did you have any uh, family members that were sort of tested or siblings? Well, or you know, it's funny, Danny. They all got blood tests. You know, we had, there were five of us and they all had blood tests and the blood test said that I was the only one with Wilson's disease. Yeah. But today, and they're all okay now, but I'm wondering why they stopped with just a blood test. You know, maybe they have, um, maybe they're asymptomatic or they, they weren't followed up very thoroughly, yeah. but so far they're all okay. Um, we're a little strange, but we're okay. <laughs> I think it's good to be a bit strange. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, do you have siblings? I do, but um, my parents were the only ones that had me, and then my parents split up, and then I had, so they're kind of like half-sisters, I think you called it, or mm -hmm. step-sisters. Well, that um, was probably a good thing, eh? That was probably a good thing that they didn't have another one with, you know, both of those recessive genes. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if they had, uh, because I was mm -hmm. caught with it, they would have probably found out earlier with my siblings. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, yeah. I'm, I like to call myself the special one because I'm the well, only one. Yeah, I'm special too. Except that, Dan, we're not so special anymore because 
The whole world is getting transplants. Everyone has even more exotic and rarer diseases <laughs> than us. Soon, nobody will bat an eyelash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you find? Obviously, because when I was diagnosed, um, we kind of looked things up on the internet, and the mm. internet was very, very basic when I was diagnosed. Mm. So there wasn't much information about. Now the internet definitely wasn't around when you were diagnosed. So what mm -hmm. did you do for information, or did I you didn't just have not... any information? It was fine with me. You know, I didn't ask too many questions. Luckily, I you know. The cupramine or the penicillin has lots of side effects, and I refuse to read about them because yeah. that's the only thing I have. Yeah. 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 I, I was very much similar. I think it was my parents that wanted to know everything, where I was like, you know, listen to the doctors, take the meds yeah. that they yeah. say, and then that, yeah. that's enough Good for me. You. Yeah. Even now, when something happens, or when I had my spleen out, the surgeon, who was wonderful, he called me into his office and he said, now this is what we're going to do. And he showed me a video of him, you know, him removing his spleen and putting it in a Ziploc bag of all things wow. and taking it out through my, my belly button. <laughs> and, oh, he was so proud of it. You know, it was this minimally invasive surgery. And, you know, I didn't want to be rude, but I was saying, oh, doctor, it is so interesting. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't look. And yeah, that's, so that's very graphic. Yeah, it was very graphic, but he did a great job. And, um, yeah. So you, you, know, you say he put it in a bag before he yeah, took it out of you? Yeah, yeah, it was laparoscopy. So he made like three little holes in my stomach, one, you know, one on the right, one on the left, and one in my belly button. And he just went in and got it somehow in a bag and pulled it out. Wow, and, that's so interesting. Yeah. So there's not like a big cut. No, I had it. No, they gave me a choice. They said, you know, you can have regular, you know, traditional surgery, which will keep you, you know, uh, laid up for about six weeks to two months. And, or you can have this uh, laparoscopy. So I said, go, let's go with the laparoscopy. Yeah. And it was wonderful. It was just so amazing. Was that yeah. something quite pioneering back then, then, that operation? Well, yeah, everything. I was a pioneer. Yeah, everything <laughs> they did to me <laughs> was a pioneer. Yeah. yeah. That's and incredible. It's funny, Danny, because when I go to a doctor now, and I don't have any of the original doctors. Uh, they're all, every time I see a doctor, I look at GP for something minor, I'll say, well, you know, you should know that I have Wilson's disease and I have, um, I have a splenectomy and, and blah, blah, blah. And they don't want to hear, they don't want to hear anything. They just want to treat what's, you know, what's immediate. Yeah. And, you know, I find if I try to make them listen, they become more withdrawn. You know, they're, they're all overworked. They, you know. Yeah, I had a, a funny experience. Um, I I think shortly after my transplant, or a little while after, a good few months, I had a chest infection, and I ended up in hospital. And I was sat in a room with the mask on, and I was kind of waiting in between doctors, waiting for treatment. And a doctor came in, and he started asking me all sorts of questions about my medical history, about Wilson's disease, about the liver transplant. And then he got to the end of all the questions and I thought he was going to sort of give me something, some medication I have to take or something mm -hmm. like that for the chest infection. And he said, oh, that's okay. The doctor will be along soon. And I said to him, aren't you my doctor? He said, no, I just come in to talk to you because I've never spoke to someone with a liver transplant and Wilson's disease. Oh. <laughs> he was like, I just had questions. Yeah. 
And then did the doctor interrogate you as as thoroughly as as the visitor? Yeah, probably not. Not on my past. No, he wanted to like you say. He wanted to just treat the chest infection that I had. You know, he he knew the medical past, but he didn't have a hundred questions like the guy did that came in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. King's College Hospital is a uh, it's a student hospital as well, mm-hmm. so you get lots of medical students there. And when mm-hmm. I was diagnosed, um, I was constantly being asked when I was on the ward to go down to the eye surgery room, well, not oh, eye surgery, but the yeah. eye testing room, and mm-hmm. I'd sit there for like an hour, and there would just be queues of these medical students come yeah. to look at the, the rings. Yeah, yeah. I went I went to our hospital for the rounds as well, but now they they don't want to see you. They're not even interested. Yeah. You know, I always offer to go to the rounds. Yeah, you know, it's, it's old hat. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they learn about Wilson's disease now in medical yeah. school. And uh, as I said, there are more interesting diseases <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. And uh, obviously, yeah. the, the man, Dr. Walsh, was the guy that um, oh, I know. created all the medication. It's too bad he gave that formula away. Yeah, you know? he wishes he hadn't. Have you seen the um, oh, the, the video that Rhonda made? Yes, yes, I yeah. did. Yeah, yeah where um, she talks to him. It's unbelievable. And you know, he tried that medication on himself to test it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they, that's what a lot of doctors did in the old days. They <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Wow. You couldn't yeah. do that now. Yeah. So how's the weather out there? <laughs> uh, we're coming into spring now, so it's turning, starting to get nice. Did you have a hard winter? Um, we always have a wet winter. A wet winter, yeah. 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 Ours was warm. We have global warming here. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you, did you get snow? Yeah, we got snow. I live downtown, so it doesn't accumulate as much. But yeah, we had a pretty steady um, stream of snow this summer, this winter. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever used to go skiing or anything? I just presume most Canadians. Well, when ski. I was little, I would skate. You know, I came from Chicago, which is in its own way colder than Ottawa. Um, I grew up in Lake Michigan. Oh wow! And we used to skate and swim, and we had a ball. It was a wonderful place to grow up. Yeah. yeah. And when I was younger, I used to skate. We have a seven-mile canal here, seven-kilometer canal, and my husband and I used to skate when we were younger. But now we don't want to break anything. i would be too worried about breaking something now yeah how about you do you do sports or uh yeah i'm starting to again i've just signed Mm -hmm. up with a personal trainer and i'm actually training for the uh there's a thing called the transplant olympics oh my goodness it's basically it's like the olympic games for you know transplant patients where will it be held well they have a competition in every single country like an Mm in-house competition but in the uk if you're good enough and you do well in the uk you can qualify for the team that goes around the world (gasps) and the next world championships in 2022 in australia oh my god that would be fantastic yeah so the goal is to hopefully go which sport were you trained for uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm training for running because I used to really like running events. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm hoping to meet some people on the transplant team and um, maybe join some of the team events. There's basketball and a few uh, other things. Yeah, that'd be great. That's yeah. wonderful. Okay, well, we'll be watching for your, your competitions yeah, <laughs> and yeah. your success. Yeah. And have you had many um, Wilson's disease patients reach out to you? Um, one, yeah, one, uh, and another gal named Linda 
reached out to me and but basically not you know we're all keeping to ourselves we we talk online you know on um, the wilson sports site but no not really no you know i'm pretty alone here in canada (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say do you know any other wilson's disease patients in canada Oh yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, if you go, if you go online, you know, you go to the Wilson's um, what, what's it called? The site. Anyways, there's a Canadian site. Yeah, there's I... a, there are a couple in Ontario. I think there's some in Toronto. Um, there's one in Manitoba. There's some in Alberta, BC. There's one in Newfoundland. You know, we were corresponding for a little bit, but most of us were going on with our lives. You know, if we're healthy, there's really nothing to talk about so we don't talk (laughs) it's it's good Uh, yeah yeah, as I said I don't like to dwell on it too much because then you know you start getting gloomy (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I understand that I'm the same yeah try and keep every day as normal normal as possible yeah do you live alone or are you living with a roommate or Uh, I live alone I have a dog who has been sat down at the table the whole time trying to get my Uh attention Great. <laughs> um, What's the dog's name? Molly. Molly, yeah. Molly, that's a good one. Yeah, I've not had her very long, but she's come from a friend's a friend's house, mm-hmm. so she she knows me and she's she's looking at me now because I've said her name. <laughs> Great. Getting well, up to I her always, dinner time. I always tell my husband that if he goes before me, I'm getting a dog. I'm not replacing him. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog would you go for? Oh, something like a husky, a big dog. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. They'd be all right in Canada as well because of the cold weather. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That's right, Jamie. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much, Linda. Okay, Danny. Well, I look forward to um, seeing our discussion online. Yeah, it'll be up in a few weeks. Yeah, so you'll, um, I hope you're, you stay healthy and you you get to do the Olympics, the Transplant Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep in touch. Yeah, okay? definitely, definitely. I'll hopefully um, see you on some more of the Wilson's disease okay. like uh, chats that we go on. Okay, well, you can call me anytime. Yeah, okay. Brilliant. Thank you oh, very much. So nice talking to you, Danny. Have a good uh, spin. Okay? Yeah, you too. See okay. you later. Bye. Bye bye.